0: I'm Sean,
1: and I'm Alex, (laughs) and
0: And that's Grayson, Grayson. and this is Autism Building the Puzzle,
1: one piece at a time. Hello, and welcome to Autism Building the Puzzle, one piece at a time. I'm your host, Alex, and with me is my co-host, Sean...
0: So babe, how are you today? I'm
1: doing good. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well.
1: You ready for this episode? Yeah. Okay. So today what we're gonna be discussing is diagnosis.
0: Yes, and the diagnosis meeting and you know process. For, yeah, how the <laughs> process works so that, you know, if you're you know, going to have a diagnosis meeting or assessment, evaluation, mm-hmm. what have you, you know, you kinda be more prepared for it and uh
1: What to expect. Yeah,
0: yeah, what to expect, the things that are going to help it um, go smoothly, smoothly and, you know, things that uh, are going to help them make a better assessment. And a lot of that stuff, I think, also, you know, a lot of this stuff actually also goes for your evaluation you might be having with early intervention as well as an ABA company because they're going to want some of this information as well, so...
1: So in the beginning of the process, um, you'll either be giving a referral from your pediatrician, you know, anything that they spot that is a warning sign of anything or a delay, they would either refer you or if you thought that there was any problem or if your child wasn't meeting milestones, you could talk to your pediatrician and go from there. So usually it starts with them. Um, and then you would call a company, you know, to get started. Yep. You can And you can get started with services before you have a diagnosis. So if there's anything that's, you know, alarming or behind, they will come out, give the evaluation, and you'll kind of have a bigger, a better picture of what's yeah, going and on. and
0: you can start basically at that point with early intervention.
1: Yeah. And it's good to start even if you don't have a diagnosis because at least you can start early because sometimes it can take... Like, I know with Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, we were really lucky, but sometimes it can take up to a year just to get an appointment. So, definitely start with services because you don't want to miss that early time. It's valuable.
0: Yeah, you don't want to miss that window. And, Mm -hmm. you know, early intervention services aren't just for diagnosed children with autism. It's for a lot of different um, delays or or conditions that have delays. Exactly. Um, So... But I mean, when you do get that appointment with the developmental pediatrician or Mm -hmm. in some cases a a psychologist, uh, the the first thing you're going to want to do is obviously learn as much as you can about autism and, you know, as much as you can about early intervention.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, And then, you know, the second thing that you're going to want to do is gather as much information on your child as you can and we're going to break some of that down a little bit later section but why don't you
1: yeah and they're going to have like paperwork that you're going to fill out almost a hundred percent of the time they're going to have paperwork for you to fill out with all of that so it's all going to be sectioned and you know it's nothing that you're going to have to remember to give them but just make sure you're transparent you tell all the information. Um, that's the best way for them to get an idea of what's going on with your child. Um, so, yeah, so you'll know exactly what to fill out. You'll fill out everything. You'll send anything you have, any kind of paperwork from, you know, pediatrician's visits or whatever you can yeah. pass along for their Pe- knowledge. The more you give, the better. So Yeah,
0: basically the medical history. Yeah. Um, that's going to be the, one of the main things you're going to gather mm-hmm. on the child. So you probably have to call... Uh, your current pediatrician and any other doctors and you know get all the medical records sent over because that can take right. a little bit of time too right. we know that from experience yeah
1: <laughs> yeah they're usually pretty good but it can take a while you just never yeah. know so
0: and then you want to make sure you're taking notes on your child if you have not before the time period of when you know you're going to be scheduling you know an evaluation for diagnosis at least from that point on when you, you know about it you know what I mean Start taking notes of behaviors, you and notice. things you notice, any um, you know, any delays they're having or yeah. milestones they're not hitting, and start keeping track of some of that stuff because that's going to help as well.
1: Yeah, that's the best way, especially because there's so much going on, it's really hard to remember. And I didn't start do I started doing that probably a couple months into early intervention, and after the evaluation when the state came out for early intervention, I had started taking notes just because. You can't remember everything, and you want to make sure that if your child is doing them things, that you make a note of it, because you don't want to say, no, he's not, yeah. and they mark down he can't, or whatever the case may be, so...
0: Yeah, information overload when you get into Pretty that, much, yeah. Into those meetings, so. <laughs> Definitely. And then, it's also helpful for them if you jot down your child's strengths and weaknesses, mm-hmm. so they can have an idea of some of what those deficiencies might be, so...
1: Yeah, they'll probably also ask you about like diet, what you know, things like that, and just you know, playing skills and things. So, yeah, it'll be a whole whole thing. Um, what you can expect at the evaluation: um, some of them are done by a team of specialists; others are just a single provider. Um, The evaluation can take a few hours. It can take one day. It can take numerous days. It all really depends on your provider and the appointment schedules and if you have to go to multiple people. So, like, with CHOP, we had everybody in the same day. It was, like, four or five hours, and we were done, and he was diagnosed. Some you might not get all of those people available in one day. So one could be a speech therapy appointment. One could be the develop- developmental pediatrician. So it can really range depending on provider.
0: Usually the de- uh, developmental pediatrician or a psychologist is the one that's running the team.
1: Yeah, exactly. So you'll have like an OT in that, SLP. You might have, yeah,
0: you might have an OT or SLP involved as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to use the... Uh, A-D-O-S, which is the Autism Diagnostic Observation Schedule in Mm -hmm. order to evaluate the child. That's really like the industry standard for how they do their evaluations.
1: Right, right. And that, what Sean was just saying, the A-D-O-S, that is a structured play-based assessment, and that's kind of similar to what we did. Um, You know, they pretty much just sit down with your child. Like for speech, they'll say, um, uh, put, put the Lego in the cup and see how their receptive language is, can they do the demand, and things like that. So it's going to be the same with that and, like, OT. It's just going to be more play-based so they can just see what kind of scale your child is on. Um, And then during that, like we said, you know, you'll be asked questions about your child's behavior and development. Even if you fill them out, you'll still be asked those questions. Um, You will fill out more, one or more checklists, most likely. So there is a lot of paperwork. Um, You know, a lot of people can find it overwhelming, but just get it done. I remember even when we were looking for companies or any yeah. kind of therapy, ABA, whatever that may be, yeah. I automatically printed out the paperwork, sent it in because it can take some time to get that that insurance approval yeah. and get all of that in the work. So you want to get that in ASAP if you can.
0: Yeah, I mean everything we talk about. The f- sooner you get it done, yeah, the, the better, better, better you're off you're going to be. be. Yeah. Um, You know, they also do, in many of the evaluations, they do the cognitive uh, skills tests as well, or thinking skills tests. Okay. To see how much they can comprehend and, like, problem solve and stuff like that. Right. Um, And then, obviously, at the end, they do an overview Mm -hmm. with you. Obviously, give you the diagnosis if there is one or multiple. Yeah. Obviously, you know... A lot of these kids come out of these evaluations with multiple diagnoses.
1: Yeah, dual diagnoses are very, very common. Um, And, you know, these assessments also are used to scale your child. Not every child is going to be developing in the same age category. So what I mean by that is, like, fine motor. If, let's say, your child goes in at 18 months for a diagnosis, they may determine that your child is at a 12-month skill set for fine motor, so those things, each skill can have an age range, and they'll let you know how far your child is behind and what that age is developmentally compared to you know their living age. So yeah, um, and and it's really important, you guys. Um, you know, if you can get into a support group or even bringing somebody to your appointment that is close to you, that's a support person, just in case you miss anything. It's going to be an emotional day, and you don't want to miss anything. Any You know, important information. One thing that I do suggest that I do frequently, and I actually did it the day of the diagnosis, is I always record doctor's appointments all the time. Just because a lot of times I, you know, if I get nervous or whatever, sometimes I don't remember everything they say. So I find that really, really helpful to come home and then listen to it and see if I miss any information. Um, So just a little tip, you know, that I recommend.
0: We'll be right back after a word from our show sponsors. Here at Building the Puzzle, we understand how difficult and challenging it can be for parents with autistic children that have communication delays. Well, if you're in New Jersey, you're in luck. The Speech Paradigm has you covered. They're helping children overcome speech challenges all across New Jersey. They offer both telehealth services as well as in-home therapy. Please reach out to them. You can uh, take a look on their website at www. TheSpeechParadigm.com. You can reach out by phone at 732-203-5268. You can also find them both on Facebook and Instagram as well at The Speech Paradigm. We are also sponsored by Grayson and Company uh, making homemade toys. They have everything from wooden homemade toys to sensory bins, sensory boards, All different kinds of toys for your children. Uh, They can be reached at grayson-company.myshopify.com as well as on Facebook and Instagram as well as Etsy. On Etsy, they can be found at Grayson and Company Toys. And now back to the show. Yeah, and another thing, you know, that's also good to do along the lines of making sure you remember everything is um, writing out questions that you might think of ahead of time. Yes. So you don't forget things to a- yes. A- ask. Yes, that is super important. You know, you're going you're going to be going over a lot of different information um, when they review, you know, yeah. the results of the tests and everything like that. So um, they're going to be throwing stuff at you left and right, and your mind's going to be going a million different directions. So it's really helpful to know. W- the questions you wanted to ask, this way you don't get off track and forget a whole bunch of them, you know?
1: And that's true, you know, even though we knew Grayson was 100% going to be diagnosed autistic, the day of the evaluation, it is hard hearing it from a professional. It's just, now it's for sure, it's that certain thing, you know? Even if you knew, it's still difficult. I think you go through that grieving process, even when you hear that doctor say, like, yes, they have autism, Um, It's still hard, even if you know it already.
0: Yeah, it was really emotional for us. It was. I mean, we both cried that day, Mm -hmm. even though we We knew knew ahead of time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's rough, and you know, you may even want to seek out, you know, a professional therapist or counselor for a while, just to have somebody else to add to your support system. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Making sure you're, you know, you're healthy is the best thing you could do for your child too. So.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Obviously, you know, last after that, you want to make sure that you're getting the ball rolling with, uh, you know, all your treatments as soon as possible.
1: Like we always, always are big advocates for.
0: So some of the other things you're going to want to prepare and bring in with you to your evaluation.
1: Are the family history, birth history, personal health, developmental history, behavioral history, it's going to be pretty much all on your questionnaire um and like we said you know bring your notes bring any results of tests if your child is in school and they're getting a diagnosis and evaluation later on while they are a student um bring anything from your teachers anything that's going to help make your diagnosis smoother and easier so that you have all that information yeah same thing
0: if you have information doctors. from like a daycare program or something yeah, like absolutely. that absolutely uh, um and don't you know Alex had mentioned birth information. Don't forget to call the hospital where your child was born to get, you know, detailed information about all that. Because that's not something that you might think of that you might need, but um, you never know what they're yeah, going looking at. Yeah, like for at, so.
1: ours, for mine, for most of Grace's paperwork, it was mostly um, for history. It was. When did you deliver? Um, It asks about your delivery. Where? Um, So you pretty much know if you had preeclampsia or if you delivered at 30 weeks instead of 40, things like that. So it's going to ask you that information, weight, everything. So, yeah, it's important to know all of that.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, definitely a lot of records out there. I mean... They walk you through it. That, li- that list of paperwork was probably, what, like 25 pages long?
1: Yeah, and you, you won't have a problem. You know your children, so it, it shouldn't be an issue filling it out. Yeah. It is a lot, so it's mostly time-consuming, um, but you're not going to sit there and not have an answer for
0: a question. So. I actually remember you going through, because Alex does a lot of that paperwork.
1: <laughs> yes, I have done a lot of Thank paperwork.
0: Thank but I remember when she was doing it. I think the most challenging part for you was probably the family history.
1: Well, they don't ask on the evaluation like for them. Like I know when we go to the doctors, they ask our family history, but for his, it wasn't. It was he, just mother, father, and, and it was just um, I thought, right? it was just pretty much psychiatric disorders. Okay. It wasn't like you know does anybody have diabetes and things like that for the diagnosis. I mean. Yeah. But I'm sure it like it depends what you have what you're go what's going on yeah so yeah if your child has like a physical health problem and things like that absolutely they're going to ask that yeah
0: yeah and one thing i was surprised about was i didn't realize a psychologist would or could be involved yeah in that diagnosis process or any other part process related to autism and then you know after the, some time and going through this journey i've found out that it's a It's part part part. of the mental, it's part of the mental health, uh, uh, you know, classifications. It's in the DSM-5.
1: And like you said, how do you know there's not a dual diagnosis? So like, I know like if a child has seizures, sometimes seizures can look like behavioral problems. Um, they can almost look like kind of like tits, ticks, like. If you had Tourette's syndrome, um, people sometimes that have seizures can start just, like, cursing and acting erratic. Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure there's nothing medically going on. And that was something we did with Grayson. You know, if your child, let's say, is head-banging, how Grayson did, make sure you go and you see a neurologist and you start there and you get MRIs and things because you want to rule that stuff out.
0: if it's important. Even if you end up going and doing some of those things afterwards, I mean— it's still really important to do. I mean, mm-hmm. just because you ha- your child has a diagnosis doesn't mean there's not it just stops other it. things going wrong. There could be other things that are going on that could be making the situation even worse, you know? Um, like she was talking about with, you know, Gray's banging. Like, we wanted to make sure that that wasn't causing... a tumor some, you know, or something. And that, you know, and the tumor in the brain could be causing, you know, speech and behave other behavior problems too. So,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it was and the it, same thing with his ears. I mean, we put him to sleep to get his ears checked because he couldn't get through the hearing test because he'd fall asleep mm-hmm. all the time. So we had him put to sleep at chop just to rule out that he needed tubes or anything because you want to rule those things out, especially if your child is nonverbal. Sometimes they just need tubes and. You know, then they can hear you, Mm -hmm. and then they start speaking. And in a way, we kind of wished that it was an easy fix, even though you don't want your child to have surgery and things like that. But, yeah, if we could have taken tubes for full speech, you know, rather than, you know, you want everything perfect, I'm not saying, but at least there's something wrong and you can fix it. Here, everything is perfectly fine, but he just doesn't speak, so it's hard.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, you don't want to be doing all this uh, therapy and stuff and then find out later on there's another thing that's making...
1: Yeah.
0: You know, certain aspects of their behavior or the learning process for them harder. Yeah. Because then like you're you're basically you're treating something that you could have just easily solved by going right. through some medical right. procedure You're doing or all the therapy and, or, and they might just need tubes,
1: like
0: Yeah. And that <clears throat> doesn't mean they won't need any therapy, but like then oh, you're, yeah. not, you're not working on things that they could already have gotten past.
1: Right. And most people that get you know? tubes and things, they need speech therapy. You know, I as a child had tubes, didn't speak till I was four, and I did a lot of speech therapy, so... Huh.
0: So we hope uh, that information prepares you for, mm-hmm. you know, uh, your diagnosis if you're going in for an evaluation. Um, like we said, it's a very emotional process, so make sure, you know, you're prepared ahead of time you know get some rest uh, yes. the night before it's going be to so, be a long emotional day um, you know we went through it you're not the only ones there's plenty of parents out there going through it all the time so uh, you're going to you get know, through it try to try to keep a level head when you go in there that's uh, my best advice for you yeah
1: you guys you all have this you guys are fantastic parents and you're going to get through this and anything that comes your way and it's going to make your family stronger so
0: Yeah, make sure you guys go as a team on the same side.
1: Yeah. So we hope this helps, and we hope you've enjoyed this episode. Yeah, and we'll see you next time. And with that...
0: For Autism, Building building the the Puzzle, puzzle, One Piece piece at at a Time. time. I'm Sean.
1: And I'm Alex.
0: Signing off. off. Take care, everybody. building the puzzle, we understand how difficult and challenging it can be for parents with autistic children that have communication delays. Well, if you're in New Jersey, you're in luck. The Speech Paradigm has you covered. They're helping children overcome speech challenges all across New Jersey. They offer both telehealth services as well as in-home therapy. Please reach out to them. You can uh, take a look on their website at www.thespeechparadigm.com can reach out by phone at 732-203-5268. You can also find them both on Facebook and Instagram as well at The Speech Paradigm. We are also sponsored by Grayson & Company uh, making homemade toys. They have everything from wooden homemade toys to sensory bins, sensory boards, all different kinds of toys for your children. Uh, they can be reached at grayson Company dot myshopify.com as well as on Facebook and Instagram as well as Etsy. On Etsy, they can be found at Grayson and Company Toys.